In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus doesn't have any mangers or shepherds. It doesn't have inns or stables or choirs of angels. In his account of Jesus' birth, Matthew reminds us that before it is good news, it is bad news. Before there is good news, there is Joseph. It's often been noted that Luke tells the story of Jesus' birth from Mary's perspective, and Matthew tells it from Joseph's perspective. That's a gift, don't you think? That we would be given two different ways of hearing the story. It keeps us from the presumption of thinking that we've wrapped our hearts and minds around the one right way to see it. It helps us to appreciate the depth and complexity of the story, how many lives were affected, how God really messed with folks' best laid plans. Getting to hear the story from Joseph's perspective as well helps us to do just this. For Matthew, the heart of the story is about a just and good man who wakes up one day to find his life wrecked. His betrothed is pregnant. His trust has been betrayed. His name will be ruined. His dreams have been shattered in pieces all around him. The future he's been planning, that will need to be rewritten. What could he have done to deserve this? He's always tried to live a good life. He's devout and faithful, and his life has been decent and orderly. And now all of it is crumbling. In the midst of the shards his life has become, Joseph faces the dilemma of his life. In Joseph's time, betrothal carried all of the weight and commitment of marriage and could only be ended by divorce. Generally, a young bride-to-be was betrothed to her husband-to-be, and a marriage contract was executed between the parents. Yet because the girl was often young, she would remain living with her parents until she was old enough and her husband had prepared a home for her to move into. And during this time, the couple would not have marital relations. Mary and Joseph are in this stage of being legally and covenantally bonded to one another, yet not living together. This is when G Joseph learns that Mary is pregnant. There is no question what to do. Good, decent, conventional, God-fearing men do not marry girls who are found to be with child. There could be no wedding now, not under such a cloud of scandal. The law and his personal sense of honor demand that Joseph break off the engagement. After all, Joseph is a righteous man. But he also knows the terrible cost of publicly divorcing his wife-to-be on the charge of infidelity. Either Mary would be killed by stoning, as the law prescribed, or at the very least, she would forfeit her dowry and be disowned by her family. She would be left to try and scratch out some kind of existence for herself and the child. 
Some part of Joseph must have wanted everyone to know how badly he had been treated. Yet his compassion for Mary won out. Joseph decides he will discreetly sidestep the proceedings and have the betrothal quietly annulled. Perhaps Mary's family will find some way to keep the pregnancy from public knowledge so that she might have a future. In this way, he decides, he will try and put the whole sordid mess behind him. But Joseph is not happy about any of it. He does not like his alternatives. He dreamed of the big church wedding, the bachelor party, the honeymoon in the Caribbean, the happily ever after. Now all of it was gone. When your dreams are dashed, when you struggle with fear and grief, your mind spins in the same awful and familiar circles all day long. It is a deep and exhausting um, existence. And sometimes therein lies a blessing and that it is only when we are weakened enough and tired enough that we're able to truly listen. That night, Joseph slept the sleep of a troubled and defeated man in a dream, in that space between the reality of the seen and the mystery of the unseen, Joseph finally hears what God is trying to tell him. All appearances to the contrary notwithstanding, everything is going exactly as God has planned. Joseph on his own couldn't imagine how God could be present in so difficult and embarrassing and dangerous a situation as Mary's pregnancy. God has to help him see. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child conceived in hers from the Holy Spirit. You are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Somehow, in the stillness of the night, in that darkest hour, in the luminous space between living our days and resting in God's mystery, Joseph is able to let go of his own dream in order to dream God's dream for the world. In ways deeper and more magnificent than our minds can imagine, God changes Joseph. And Joseph becomes a channel of God's grace in the world. No wonder Matthew seems to have a particular fondness for Joseph. Here is a righteous man who surveys a mess he had absolutely no role in creating and decides to believe that God is present in it. With every reason to disown it all, to walk away from it in search of a neater, more controlled life with an easier, more conventional wife. Joseph instead chooses a braver, bigger response. He claims the scandal. He owns the mess. He legitimizes it. And the mess becomes the place where the Messiah is born. 
I believe all of us have lived Joseph's story at one time or another. Some of you might be living it right now. You had your plans, your dreams, your ideas about how things would turn out. Then one day you find yourself presented with circumstances you did not choose, living a life quite different than the one you had in mind. You may ask, how did I get here? And however I got here, how do I get out? You may want nothing more than to divorce yourself from everything you see around you, from whatever your life has become. But it is at such a time, if you are wearied enough and weakened enough, that you are invited to hear the whisper of God's messenger saying, do not fear, God is here. It may not be the life you had planned, but God can be born here too, if you will permit it. Realities outside of our plans and comfort levels can be a wonderful sign that God is at work. Amid our less than picture perfect Christmases, amid our messy family dynamics, amid our flaws and disappointments, God is doing something new. It's a beautiful mystery that God's birth requires human partners, a Mary, a Joseph, a you, a me, willing to believe that which is impractical and unreasonable, that God can be at work even in the midst of our unconventional and even improper situations. Where are your dreams and visions this day? Is the dreamlike voice of God whispering to you in your heart, in your sleep, in your intuitions? What is it that God is trying to say to you and the undiscovered parts of who you are? Can you trust the wisdom of your dreams so that God can be born in you and through you? Do not be afraid, the angel whispers. He shall be Emmanuel, God with us. Do not be afraid to see the work of God even in the most unlikely circumstances. Do not be afraid to look for God in the turbulence of life as well as in the calm. Do not be afraid to seek God amidst the unsettling changes that the years bring. Do not be afraid to expect the unexpected because this is how God has always operated. Do not be afraid. This is the way God comes to us. Amen. <laughs>